Is this the best Cowboys defense we've seen over the last 25 years? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your on. team locked every on. day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Doing good. Uh, excited to talk about the All-22. It was a, certainly a fun watch, especially on the defensive side. But, uh, man, uh, it's uh, it was something else watching that Rams 49ers game last <laughs> night and seeing exactly what happens when your interior offensive uh, line kind of falls apart right in front of you. Uh, it was it was eye opening. Yeah, we're gonna have uh, some so certainly some talks about this Rams team that the Cowboys will be playing uh, here in Week Five. But let's get to the L twenty two from yeah. this week. Uh, I want to talk about the the defense lane, and you said something interesting to me uh, about this Cowboys defense after you got done watching the tape. Do you really think this is the best defense the Cowboys have had over the last twenty five years? I'm trying to think of of a of a defense that was better. You know, I mean, the thing is, is that. I don't know that I can't remember the last time, you know, where we watched a Cowboys game where the offensive game plan, the offensive coordinator clearly put his fear of the Dallas Cowboys defense into the game plan, right? Like they were terrified to let uh, 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 Carson Wentz have any attempts, you know, more than a handful down the field. They basically were trying to throw, you know, wide receiver screens, they're trying to run the ball on the outside. They were basically trying to run away from Micah Parsons in this pass rush throughout the whole game. And I just think that, you know, I was I was looking at at the at the group overall, and and again how this uh, opposing offense kind of designed their game plan in reaction to how basically scared they were of this defense. And it's like you've got playmakers on you know you've got elite multiple elite players on this defense you've got a whole bunch of good to very good players spread all throughout all the different levels and even sub levels of this defense uh yeah i mean i don't know that i don't know if this is like such a huge statement because i don't know that the cowboys have had a fan a bunch of fantastic defenses over the last 25 years but to me like this is this is you know consistently down to down basis. You look at the roster. I, I think this is the most talented squad they've had since the Super Bowl level defenses they had back in the the late nineties, mid nineties. Yeah, so I, you're not wrong. I when I watch these games, I almost feel better when their defense is on the field rather than when their offense is on the field. Like there were certainly situations in this game where the Cowboys just had bad field position. If they yeah. were starting the ball, starting with the ball at the nine yard line. And it's like, okay, offense, just get some yards so you can punt and get back. let the defense get back on the field and handle it. It's been a long time since they've had that level of defense where you're actually excited to see that unit walk on the field. I will say the 2003 Dallas Cowboys had the number one ranked defense in yards and points. They only allowed nine passing touchdowns that year and had like 25 interceptions. That's probably going to finish as a better unit, but I, I get your point, like, 
the talent differential between that squad and this one is pretty big. I would argue that that unit, even though it may end up with better numbers, it, it was very reliant on like five superstars, right? Like five, or five very, very good players, probably yes. two superstars, right? They didn't have a lot of depth. It was a lot of, hey, Roy Williams, Darren Woodson, go make a bunch of plays in the secondary. Linebackers, go make every tackle. But yeah, they, they didn't have the depth that this team does. That's why I feel like this is a better group because it's more – Reliable. I mean, it could. It, I think you know, Javon Jaron Curse is one of the best players on this defense last year. Was all over the field. I mean, not that not that we're not going to be thrilled to have him back, but like they didn't miss a beat without him. Like they were able to sub in Israel Makamu, and he was able to take that spot and and roll with it. They just have depth everywhere. They've got very good players, like I said, on every single level that can you know take. Uh, uh, the reins if if one of your you know better players is off the field. There's just I can't remember the last time when I didn't really feel like it mattered who was on the field for the defense. They were going to make plays, right? Like, like mm-hmm. the second team uh, pass rushing group, I still feel like is going to get to the quarterback and, 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 and strip the ball. So uh, I just think it's just so much fun to watch these guys and, and they've got so much talent everywhere. I, I just thought it was worth yeah. pointing out. Yeah. Really quickly. Uh, Craig Ellis led the team in sacks that year with eight. You know who had the second most sacks for the Cowboys in 2003? Oh, I used to know this. Eric Agabu, the yeah. spokesperson for Under Armour. That's right. Oh, man, I forgot that he was a spokesperson for Armour. Remember Armor. that? Right. Yeah, Big E, I think is what he was going, but yeah. That's right. Uh, but yeah, that defense was fun, but this one is just so much more talented. Uh, let, let's keep talking about the defense because, man, they were really good. What did you see from the, the, the pass rushers, specifically Micah Parsons in this game? Well, Parsons, you know, they were very determined to make sure that Parsons didn't beat them. And, th- and they really went out of their way to, uh, you know, double team him, try to push him past the pocket, chipping him, try to get him into situations where he wasn't going to be the one to get them. Uh, you know, they, they were very much trying to get the ball out quickly, trying to get the ball out of Carson Wentz's hands quickly. Uh, and when they when they couldn't, when they got pushed into, you know, kind of long down situations, which the Cowboys were able to kind of do you know, at different points consistently, uh, they basically were focusing very much on, on making sure he wasn't going to be the one to kind of get to them. That didn't, it didn't really, you know, the fact that they didn't get a ton of sacks didn't actually end up helping Washington much. I mean, they were basically under siege the entire game. They couldn't run a normal offense because they were so concerned with the pass rush. Um, you know, the Cowboys didn't have to do a lot of blitzing. That's the other thing, right? Is like when you don't have to blitz and you're creating pressure constantly, it's just such a, a, a boon for your, your secondary and how they're playing. And, you know, I think the, the it's such a like a, a give and take there, right? The, the pass rush really feeding the, the coverage, yeah. the coverage being tied up front and not allowing Carson Wentz opportunities uh, right away, leading to longer, sna- longer down snaps, leading to sacks. So uh, the Cowboys were disruptive throughout the game whether it was uh, 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 Armstrong or Fowler who got in there a couple times. I, I, you, you saw Gallimore get a sack. The, the interior guys were getting pressure. Odigizua, mm-hmm. uh, Mukwamu was, was, was getting involved. Like Everybody kind of had a turn at different points, uh, and, and basically Washington spent most of the game kind of running for their life. The only time that they were able to kind of get any hay going, you know, they had – 
that kind of turkey hole shot at one point behind Brown when they were running cover two. Which is a great throw, by the way. It was just a fantastic throw against cover two. I mean, that's the weakness of cover two, right? Uh, and then and then just, you know, they had several different kind of outside runs in the early, in the first half, you know, two of which I feel like we were pretty serious. Uh, uh, going back and looking, I thought, you know, oh, it was just like a bad level of contain. There was pretty serious holding going on on the least one or two of those, one of which no. Well, I, one guy, man, one play. I mean, look, we'll say we won the game and we didn't get a lot of penalties called. But I mean, again, just another terribly called game by the referees. They missed two false starts that were one of which was so blatant, like everyone, including the announcers, m- mentioned it. But anyways, yep. there was one play where they tried to get outside, and a tight end just basically came up to Donovan Wilson and grabbed him and then hip-tossed him back behind mm-hmm. the line of scrimmage. And they didn't call it, which is crazy because it was the point-of-attack block. So uh, I, I just think that there was there was certainly some some hay to be made for the, for the Washington offense on the outside, but it wasn't quite even as successful as it appeared at times because on at least two of those three big runs, they had some pretty serious missed holding calls, which is why I don't think they were able to kind of constantly replicate it throughout the game. Oh, the referees. They, they were just terrible in the game in general for both sides it's just i whatever we're not gonna spend any time on that uh, i do want to talk about a player on defense lane that i think uh, it's a bold statement i think this was the best game i've ever seen him play but before we get to that i'll tell you guys about athletic greens i've been on athletic greens for i think four or five months now and i absolutely love it it has a very mild tropical taste that i actually look forward to having each morning so what is in this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals to help start your day off right. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than the cold brew habit that you have. At uh, least that I know I have. In fact, it's actually cheaper than just buying all the different supplements yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially as we head into flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, I want to talk about Donovan Wilson. This was, I think, the most complete game I've seen him play. He played really well against the Giants in week three, but he had a couple penalties and missed tackles that you know, kind of tainted the performance a little bit. Not in this one. I, I thought he was absolutely incredible. What did you think about Dono? Yeah, I mean, just everywhere. And and just kind of making all kinds of different plays, too. That's the thing that was so yep. impressive. I mean, you saw, saw him... Uh, I think I put a, a, a link in, to a video in, in our DM at one point where where he is filling a hole and he's ducking under the the the, the offensive lineman's block, getting into the backfield and making a tackle for loss. Next thing you're seeing him uh, as a deep safety, uh, getting getting to the sideline and breaking mm-hmm. up a pass, which he, where he almost got an interception, honestly. Uh, and then, and then you're you're seeing him filling the alley on a wide receiver screen where he's uh, uh, he's the lone guy who could make that tackle uh, without it becoming a big gain, and him just making a very solid tackle. I mean, how many different times have we seen where 
they've given the ball to uh, a running back or a wide receiver in a dump off and a shallow shallow dump off or something mm-hmm. like that. And Donovan Wilson is all alone by himself having to make a solo tackle and he does it without any problems at all. I mean, it's just like that kind of like reliability there. It 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 really adds up in the in the small ball game of football, right? Like you yep. know, like the difference between a a, a four yard game becoming a twelve yard game is is like one guy mm-hmm. just making a tackle. Uh, and that's where Donovan Williams really Donovan Wilson's really improved his game a lot, and 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 it's and kind of he's always been a high variance player, right? Yep. And as we've started to see him get a little bit more um, experience, a little bit more opportunity, you're starting to see, and this is what you hope, right? With these high variance players, they start raising that floor, right? So right. it's not so the highs are still the highs, but the lows aren't as as pronounced, they aren't as obvious, they aren't happening as as often, so. That's where I feel like we're seeing Donovan Wilson start to develop to a player of a higher tier than where he is now, where he's able to continue to make the big plays that you need, continue to make the solid, difficult plays where he's isolated uh, alone in space with the ball carrier, while also kind of cutting back and eliminating some of those mistakes, penalties, you know, missed tackles, that sort of thing. So Pro Football Focus has a stat called stops, which is basically – Anytime a defender makes a play on a ball carrier that has a negatively a negative play for the offense, I guess is the best way for me to put it. it. it I think it's, it, it indicates that that tackle was a the, created a negative play for Correct. the offense. They didn't yes. get a, a positive outcome in yes. PFS grading. So that could yeah. mean like on third and four, stopping exactly. somebody for a two yard gain. It's not necessarily yeah. a negative you know, play on defense, but you prevent them from getting a first down, if that makes sense. Uh, Donovan Wilson had six of those on Sundays. Normally, if you get more than three, that's a huge game. To get six and for a safety to do that is pretty incredible. I I think this is the best I've ever seen him play. Um, And I'm really curious to see what happens when they bring J. Ron back, who I think is going to play this week. Like, how do they find ways to get Malik Hooker, who we can talk about because he's playing well, yeah. J. Ron Curse, Donovan Wilson, and Israel Makamu all on the field at the same time. I mean, champagne problems. I mean, I keep yeah. saying it, but like, I, I cannot get over the fact that we have too many safeties to play. That is the most anti-Cowboys thing I've ever yes. can even think of, especially in the last decade and a half. Right. So, yeah, the Cowboys have four safeties that they want to get on the field. You know, three of which are basically must plays right I mean, and, and to be fair probably five because they like Barquise bell quite a bit as well yeah and, and tyler coyle is i mean he's on the spe- is on, on practice, practice squad, squad right yeah yeah i mean he's he's not a he's not a a, a bad practice squad safety no. either so they're really really crazy deep at this position which is why you're seeing several of these safeties playing linebacker uh because it's 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 not only a skill set that they have but they want all these playmakers on the field at once and you know i think hooker is a guy that like much like wilson um he's kind of the perfect fit for wilson right because he yeah. he fills in all the gaps right there right where where when you don't have Wilson there, he's making solid tackles. He's pulling the trigger and coming downhill. Where he's become a, a so much of a better player is in the run game. I mean, you know, oh, he yeah. kind of came into the league as like the all-time greatest ball hawk in safety maybe ever, right? Like, I mean, as, as far yeah. as what you watch on tape, and 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 you know, he's been through some injuries. He is. It made me think about. We've talked about these kind of players before, right? Where they come into the league, they have like outstanding athleticism and then 
they suffer a couple of injuries and they lose a little bit of that athleticism, right? And, 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 it, and it, but what they do is that they make adjustments to other parts of their game and, and, and they become an incredibly valuable player, but in a different shape than we imagined. That's what Hooker's game has become, right? Hooker maybe isn't quite the explosive player he was before the Achilles, before the knee injuries, before all that. But he was so explosive to begin with that he's able to kind of transition his game to a more physical game. And what are you seeing? You're seeing a guy yep. who has become a downhill tackler, who's become a, a, a reliable tackler. It's not that he isn't reliable in the back end. He's incredibly reliable in the back end. But he's really learned to kind of balance his game out to the point where he's just a very versatile safety. You can do a whole bunch of different things for you, yes. uh, much like Wilson can, which which means that, you know, you can really play these two off of each other in a really great way. Well, and the thing with Hooker is he just hasn't made a splash play yet. So he hasn't gotten the, you know, praise maybe that he deserves. Because I think if if he has two interceptions, but it's a little bit more, you know, up and down in the run game, I think people are talking about him more. Uh, but that just hasn't been the case. But According to Pro Football Focus, he's the number nine graded safety right now of safeties that have played at least 200 snaps. Like, he's playing outstanding, and we're talking about every other defensive back outside of him right now. I, I think what it is is that, you know, if you go, if you watch the, the 22 tape, like, you, you, you notice it because he's all over the place. I mean, there's that yeah. one play, I think, that even uh, Brian Baldinger pointed out. Uh, in one of his breakdowns where like there was a a run to the outside, the Dallas defense was there swarming on it. But if you go back and watch that play, that play was made by hooker because hooker was in the back deep of the field and was able to come down and then get a good enough angle that he created the force back Mm -hmm. inside of those players. And then was able to kind of come in and actually help him wrangle in for a tackle for loss. Like that's the kind of thing, right? Being in the right spot, making the play when it's there, uh, you know, I hate to Belichick it, but doing your job, do your you know, job. And, yep. and, and, and being responsible for your job. That's what ultimately helps other people make plays. And then eventually, you know, it's going to happen for you, too. Uh, we should also mention, at least my thought is that once J. Ron Curse comes back, I've got a feeling that Anthony Barr, the Cowboys linebacker, is probably going to see his snaps go down quite a bit. I just don't know. I don't know if they can keep playing Anthony Barr 52 snaps a game. That seems yeah. like it's it's a lot. So I, I would expect J. Ron Kirst to eat into some of those snaps maybe as soon as this week. Uh, all right, let's talk about the Cowboys offense. But before we do that, I'll tell you guys about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every single sport out there. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including NFL, NBA, MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Real quick, before we get into the offense. I want to recommend everybody, if they get a chance to go back and watch the game, uh, I think it's kind of near the second beginning of the second half, if I'm not mistaken. There's a play where Sam Williams uh, tackles the running back with a tight end. Uh, and if you haven't seen that, you got to make sure you go back and see it, where he literally is coming down the line and he throws the tight end at the mm-hmm. running back and makes a tackle. So make, everyone make sure you go check that out because it is hilarious. By the way, probably Sam Williams' best game. I know he didn't have a lot of pressures in this game, but I just thought overall better against the run than we've seen. 
Uh, they yeah. were using him as a three technique a little bit. I, I thought he, I, it wasn't a huge leap or anything like that. I just thought he was a little bit better than what we've seen. It's very valuable having him be able to do that. The only thing I would point out, and I put this in my notes, is that they got to be careful about you know running situations where he's in there playing three technique because he just doesn't have the sand in his pants to take on double teams, and he's getting no, he's, driven back. That's yeah. I mean that's a terrible situation for him anyway. So they got to make sure that if if he's if they're if just it's, trying if to find a run, ways to get him on the field. Exactly. Yeah, and they just want to get him some experience because I was thinking about this yesterday. I've got a feeling you can kind of see some of the long-term plans for the Cowboys. Like Sam Williams is probably going to replace Dante Fowler after this year. We'll see about Donovan Wilson, who's in a contract year. My guess is they're probably grooming Israel Makamu to take some more of those snaps, but they're trying to get some of those young kids, you know, 15 to 20 snaps a game, just because when they need them, they want them to have some experience. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I mean, it's, it's, you can say a lot of things about the Cowboy, but their development plan is very clear. Yes. It seems like to me. So, uh, All right. right, let's. I want to just quickly touch on the receivers before we get to the offensive line. I thought C.D. Lamb played a really good game. Uh, you know, start to finish, he was really good in this game. But you, we can talk about Michael Gallup, though, because that's really the story here. Him being back in the lineup just gives the Cowboys so many more options in the passing game. They can now throw the ball vertical. Uh, they've got somebody who is really good on scramble drills. He's somebody that can create penalties down the field. Still clear that Gallup's maybe not quite 100%, but he makes a big impact when he's in there. Yeah, I thought he looked great. I mean, I mean, I don't know if he's 100% or anything like that, but he had the burst that you're looking for. I mean, on that touchdown play, you know, he was able to – really burst away from that linebacker, get, get, get a lot of separation on the back end line, gave Cooper tons of room to throw that football while he was running, uh, you know, his ability to get up catch the football. Yeah. I mean, again, his presence changed the shape of, yeah. of the offense. It, it, it just created more gravity up the field. And, 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 you know, there's just so many different times when you go back and watch specifically the all 22, not, not the end zone, but the all 22 where, it just feels like the space underneath the uh, the defense has really widened. And why does that really? Why does that matter? Uh, well, it matters, you know, obviously just to op- operational space. But go back and watch, like, uh, like there was a there was a there was a, a stop route, like a ten or twelve yard stop route that 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 uh, that CD ran. And if you look, the space that's created behind him, you know, in conjunction with a linebacker who is yep. uh, uh, hilariously covering uh, Matt Farniak as he comes out of the uh, out of the backfield in a he pass was open, route. By the way, he was wide open. the <laughs> The amount of space, the amount of space, like it, it 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 makes for an easier throw for Cooper Rush. He can eat a lot easier. Get that ball over the top of the linebacker and then back down into into CD's Lam- CD Lamb's hands without having to like make some sort of perfectly angled toss yep. while he's running away. It's little things like that that just create more space. And then on top of that, his ability to kind of push the safeties back also provided a lot of opportunities. There were so many crossers in this game, so many where they're trying to beat cover three. I mean, look, Washington runs a very predictable coverage scheme defense, very predictable. And and the Cowboys were running a bunch of cover three, cover one beaters crossing across across the field. And guys are just running away because they have open space and, and the guys – in the defensive backfield have been stretched out to kind of compensate for, for Gallup getting down the field. Obviously the two penalties were enormous. The catches that he made, including the touchdown was enormous as well. But again, just like 
the shape and the feel of this def- of this offense is different with Gallup back in the game, and it's going to pay huge dividends for the Cowboys. All right, let's do some some quick hitters just because there's so many players to talk about, and I know we always run out of time at the end of this, but uh, Dalton Schultz. Yeah, I mean, he didn't do a ton, but I, he was still useful. He was drawing coverage on that big touchdown that for, for – for the on the Dino route for mm-hmm. for CD like it was his coverage drawing that left him wide open so I think he's still not a hundred percent he's working back in his health situation. I think Dalton Schultz knows that Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot look really good on Monday night and he needs to get out there right. Like I feel I honestly I think he's feeling some pressure like hey. It's a contract year for him. It's a yeah, contract it's, year, right? Yeah. There's contract year, and his stats have not been good through the first four games. Not necessarily his fault because of no, but injuries. but it still matters, right? Because he's got to have the numbers on a contract year. It, it doesn't really make a difference if there's an excuse. That's why him. he's playing out there. He, he's just trying to get out there to help the team however he can. Uh, Tyler Smith. I thought it uh, 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 continues to improve, right? Like I thought what was really impressive is that it, it was a pretty clean game. I don't. I don't think he had any penalties from what I saw. Nope. He, you know, he got he got beat a couple of times, but Sweat is going to do that because Sweat's a freak, you know. And he's like, he really will so athletic and so bursty. He's going to put you in awkward physical positions. And I think the thing that I loved about it so much was that, despite being put in those awkward positions, because that's going to happen in the NFL. Tyler Smith found a way to win, and he found a way to win without holding or tackling somebody. Uh, I think that really bodes well for his future. It- I don't want to say he had a bad game because it wasn't a bad game, but you're going to have rough games and there's going to be teams that have really good opponents. Um, and you're just going to struggle. Just don't turn it into a disaster where it's yeah, multiple that's it. penalties, multiple pressures. He gave up a couple pressures, didn't end up beating into a sack. That happens. None of, it's te- none of it's teaching tape, but it works. Like that's what ultimately that's- it happens, right? Just find a way to make it work. Uh, Connor McGovern. He looked awful. I, I think he's still hurt. I don't think he's healthy. They need to get him off the field. Like, and I it's, understand the pain and, 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 and Allen are, are monsters. And honestly, that's all up and down my notes is that pain and Allen were just absolutely dominant in this game. But you got to find a way to get either Peters on there or I don't know, to, man. To it's, me, it's the same thing as it's the same thing as Dalton Schultz, right? That's contract year for Connor McGovern. He sees Jason Peters playing well on Monday Night Football. He knows I need to get out there and play so I can continue to get snaps. It's a high ankle sprain. You don't just come back in two weeks yeah. from a high ankle sprain. Um, and then beat did, Jonathan I, Allen on a one-on-one pass rush right. situation. I mean, right? I listen, I admire him yeah. trying to tough it out and show that, hey, I'm going to play through injury. He just didn't play well. I'm hoping, you know, as we get through the next couple of weeks, he continues to improve because we saw, you know, in the preseason in week one when he's healthy, I think he's, he's okay. a significantly he's better player than what we saw last year at least. Uh, I absolutely agree. And last, and last Sunday. Uh, Terrence Steele, one of the best offensive tackles in football. I don't. I, I, mean, I, don't, I mean, just again, another game. He doesn't allow very many, if any, pressures. He was good, not great in the run game, but because I think they, you know, Washington committed to stopping the run pretty heavily. Uh, but I mean, again, just another extremely solid game for a guy that. I mean, just the Cowboys. What a what a find for this guy. What a find this guy was for the Cowboys. I mean. He's been pretty incredible this year. I mean, I think I think I saw the stat. Yeah, here it is, right here. Among offensive linemen that have played at least fifty percent of the, the the offensive snaps this year, he's allowed the third fewest pressures, only behind Lane Johnson and Tristan Wirfs. Wow, wow. Yep, man, good for him. Like, I mean, again, deserves it. Works hard. Has earned every bit of this. 
I'm, I'm proud of him. I mean, that, it's awesome considering where he was uh, in 2020, and even at times in 2021. If I would have told yeah. you, hey, looking so, ahead, he's going to be one of the best pass protecting offensive tackles in the league. It's pretty. It's pretty shocking. I mean, uh, I, I think it shows you like he has all the physical tools. He's had all the physicals. The difference between then that guy then and that guy this guy now is hard work. He put yeah. in the work. And he got himself uh, better. Good for uh, him. Any thoughts on Cooper Rush before we head out? Just continuing to do what's necessary. You know, I mean, just I, I think he's improving as as we've gotten down. I mean, he's throwing the ball down the field. He's not afraid. Um, you know, there were a couple of turnover worthy plays, but honestly, like, uh, one of them, I don't even count because the hold was so clear. And I think Cooper saw it that he was just throwing the ball up. And then the other, the other one, I kind of wonder if he didn't see it too. And was throwing the ball at the the guys with the ref to call it, but you gotta be careful. Like, I mean, Cooper, you don't have the arm strength to be throwing off your back foot, backpedaling and throw it in the middle of the field. Just don't do that. You had you don't need the, to. the the reason the reason I kind of think he might have seen it is because he had Dalton Schultz wide open and he already saw the penalty and he threw mm-hmm. the ball like like he was throwing the, the yellow flag at the guy so but yes I think he's continued to improve uh, he's continued to take the shots when they need him to and taking again they're going to commit to stopping the run against the Cowboys each week each team is going to want the the Cooper Rush to beat you. Cooper Rush has to continue to make the plays to make them pay, and, and he's been doing it so far every and, single week. And especially when Kellen Moore draw, draws up like the basically the layups, right? You have these yeah. big crossers with guys running wide open. Just make the throw. It doesn't have to be the, the best pass in the world. Just give guys chances to go make plays Did that again on Sunday. So yep. I think all in all, considering he's a backup quarterback with not a ton of experience, I, there's just no way that you can complain about anything that he's doing right now. Uh, all right. That is it for today's show. Thank you for making Lockdown Cowboys your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, Brian Peacock and former NFL scout, Matt Williamson, give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, all the same places that you get the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. Please go check us out on YouTube rate, subscribe, like us over there. Uh, Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I am at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll be back tomorrow to answer your Twitter questions. We'll see you guys then.